Hey everybody, welcome to episode 101. Now should we say 101 or 101? Mm, 101 good question. probably better. 101, it sounds it's like the first class of something important. 101. That's true. Oh, Let's yeah. do 101. All right. Episode 101 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Picciuto. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> it's much lower key than last week. <laughs> That's my Jimmy impression. Okay. And Jimmy dressed it. How are you doing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. Well, we're back from Boston. Yeah. Back to normal life. Yeah. So, uh, kind of a letdown. I'm just kidding. How's it, how's it been since, uh, since we saw you Did last? Did you guys get the chance to see my, my, my amazing trip to MIT? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so much fun. We had so much fun the next day. I'm going I'm to try. I listen to our podcast and I'm a loud mouth, so I'm going to kind of reel it in a little bit today. You guys could talk more than me. <laughs> no. So you were saying in the vlog that uh, MIT was messier and more disorganized than you thought it would be, right? <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, they had. I <laughs> Maybe to, those are not, not the right words to use. But. <laughs> it was. Uh, I went to the, the shop where they make. Uh, this this cool dude uh, invited us. He came up right after the thing and said, hey, do you want to come tomorrow? And I said, sure. And I had already committed to going to the, the artisan asylum. And I said, let's just do both. My buddy, my, my new buddy, Derek, said, yeah. He goes, I'll, I'll show you how to get to the both of them. And, and walking through, like the very first, we walked right into this MIT lab where they were making this electric car. And these two guys were amazing. And um, But I was just surprised that the machines were like kind of shoved around and little disorganized and there really wasn't a clear path on the floor and but i it, it made me feel at home like i looked around i'm like oh wow so hmm. here's this most prestigious art and science school in in the world and and it's just a bunch of lunatics just obsessively making things like me and not cleaning up as much as they should but also in a school environment you always know there's never there's never any one person in charge so it, it's never anybody's responsibility to clean up in those common shops, they're really difficult to uh, keep to keep organized. But I just had this impression that you're going to be walking into like a lab with like guys with like you know safety glasses on, pouring chemistry into another tube, uh, you know, like all backlit and everything's white. That's just what you think, you know. But I was pleasantly surprised to see that it was just like a regular workspace where people constantly doing stuff and making a mess. Is the lab there or the labs, are those run by students? Like, are they mostly maintained by students or is like a staff there? Because that probably has a lot to do with how they're run. Yeah, no, they all, the place is amazing. I mean, we walked from shop to shop to shop. There was a, a full-on blacksmith shop, a full glass-blowing shop. Those They were both closed, but we were able to look through the windows. And it's just amazing. They have a toy design program. They have everything. It's just insane. They have a thing with all small desks. And he said every semester they, they do the toy design stuff and they have a bunch of kids come in and test the toys and that was the testing area that's why it looked like a kindergarten room and um they just seemed to have endless amounts of space and every window we looked in had a milling machine and lathes and it was crazy because it was on a sunday not every lab was open but that we went into the rocket lab which had a lot of resins and epoxies it really wasn't all that visual that's why i didn't include that little segment um but it was uh, it was amazing to see that. I just always assume, oh, MIT's got one workshop. There's probably 30 workshops in the building, in all of the buildings. We walked through several buildings. Hmm. And there's a, like all these various disciplines. And, and the shops are almost like clubs, where it's like if you want to belong to this club, all, it's student-run, and you're, you're responsible for the space. And so that one place that I filmed, which was called Miters, which apparently seems to have a little bit of a reputation of being kind of like wacky sort of... Uh, out of the box thinkers. That's a clever name, by the way, because it's MITers, which is. Mm. I didn't. I didn't get that. That's funny. Uh, I'm thinking of angles because they're all like wacky <laughs> angles. That's, that's really funny. And so that's you see the kid in the video. Uh, he never did tell me his name, um, but he was a really funny guy, and he. They all kind of seemed to be like him, just like a little wacky, very smart, kind of hard to reel in. But you know, that's where you get the new generation of. Of technology from yeah i was jealous that uh i didn't get to go with you that, that was a really cool looking place yeah maybe some other time because i think we'll probably end up doing uh, another get together at some point yeah. for the podcast i think so i don't know if it'll be in boston again but yeah there was um the people just assumed it was going to be a yearly thing or we we're going to do it at 200 and like we haven't mentioned anything about a second one yet <laughs> 
I'm sure we will, though, right? I mean, it was a blast. It, it was, was, awesome. it was, it was one of the highlights, it was, if not the highlight of my career. It was amazing. It, it was yeah. awesome. And the best thing about it was that it brought all these guys together from all around the country. I mean, including uh, Lutz and, you know, that whole crew and, and uh, Geek Builder guys and, and everybody. Just everybody was more than happy to come and hang out. And it was it, it's fun to go to meetups where there's enthusiastic friends and fans. Always, always fun. Yeah. I was talking to somebody recently about it and just saying how, you know, when you go to a, like, <clears throat> when you go to certain events, there's a lot of people there for a lot of different reasons, right? And like, so if you go to Maker Fair or Woodworking America or something like that, even if people meet up and they're together for part of it, they're usually there for like a different part of it, you know? Like mm-hmm. someone want to see the tools or they want to see people or they want to see the shows or the classes or whatever. And this event, while it was a lot smaller than those, was really cool in that everybody was there for the exact same reason. And I know that's like kind of special and kind of unique uh, within events like that. But man, it just felt like everybody there was like fast friends because everybody there had the same thing in common. And like there was nothing negative or troublesome about the entire weekend. It was just awesome mm-hmm. all the way around. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, everything went really well. Like everything worked. <laughs> there was part of me that was pretty scared that something wasn't going to work. Oh no, we forgot microphones. Or You know, I want to apologize to both of you guys because yeah. uh, as soon as the show ended... I ran to my car to give stuff away because all day long people were asking me when, 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 when. And so as soon as the show ended, I just kind of ran out the door with like 20 people following me to my car. And I didn't do lift a finger to clean up. And, and I'm sorry. I'll make it up to you both. No. Everybody volunteered. It, 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 was, it was a group effort. And it was an easy cleanup. And it was well, amazing. What was really interesting, this is like anybody listening probably doesn't care about this at all. But we have, the three of us <laughs> haven't talked since then. Um what was interesting is Matt from Converse, as soon as it was over, he looked at me and he said, don't clean up. Don't worry about it. Like, we, they, they have a cleaning crew that comes in to clean up after him. And before we even asked anybody to do anything, we turned around, all the chairs were stacked, all the pizza boxes were stacked up in the corner by the trash can. Everybody was just, like, on it and willing to help, and it was so cool. So cool. That's great, then. I'm sorry. Awesome. I was at the car giving junk away and feeling bad. No, 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 I mean, awesome. we, I mean we did. We worked for like two hours, and it's, it was really hot, and like, oh man, there were wolves in there, so it was kind of dangerous. And uh, let's see, what else can we say to make him feel better? <laughs> no, it was great. We had a vote to, to whether or not we were going to invite you back for episode one hundred and one. Yeah. It was, but here we are. It all worked out. <laughs> How are you so, David, what have you, what have you been up to since Boston? So, uh, I'm working on a couple videos this week. Um, no. No intense projects, but right now Kelly and I we're filming. Uh, we're gonna make cookies. I, so I got a, a 3D printer that was sent to me, and so we're testing it out with. Uh, we're gonna make Christmas cookies, and we're printing some cookie cutters with it. And I found a really awesome website, and I can't think of the name offhand, but we'll put a link into the show notes where you don't need to have any drawing experience or any 3d printing experience at all you just go in and you can draw right in the website what you want and it will pop out a cookie cutter that you can just download and print on your 3d printer which is i thought would be really cool i'm like bob you gotta check this out maybe your kids will enjoy this where they can make their own cookie cutters and so kelly and i drew some things up and and uh, as soon as we're done recording this we're going to start cooking some cookies and, and film that nice yeah, it was. You sent me a text. I was just looking it up. It was called Cookie Caster. Ah, uh, yes. CookieCaster.com. Oh, yeah. wow. Cool little website. Well, you guys, it's yeah, so funny it's that the awesome. timing is so funny that Taylor <clears throat> has been submerging herself in cake making YouTube videos. He's expert, mm-hmm. excellent, extremely talented cake makers, like making simulated flowers out of the icing and you know, the techniques. And, you know, she's very serious, not even like comical in any way, but uh, just incredibly talented guys. And one of the channels she watched was was cookies. So last night we watched this person make these beautiful, incredible cookies, um, all very, very ornate and designed very beautifully. And uh, she said last night, you should make cookies. You should have made cookies for, for the Chris, for Christmas video. I was like, well. <laughs> and then here you are, you're making them. So that's awesome. Yeah. I'm taking your spot. And, and then uh, the other thing I got r- r- tomorrow, we're going to film how I make my videos. So Eric is coming over and we're going to f- fake a little project, but we're going to film us 
filming the project. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So Eric is going to, yeah, so we're going to show the process of like what cameras we use and how we film it and the editing software and then that should be out on Thursday, but I'm a little behind on a bunch of things, so I might run a day late on my release. It'll be interesting to see that because everybody films and produces differently. You know, there's mm-hmm. like little tweaks and some yeah. differences and stuff. Steve Ramsey, and Steve Ramsey just put out a video a couple of days ago of his whole week process. And mm. I know there's going to be some people that are thinking I'm, I'm kind of copying this video, but we have already had this this video planned, and it's just the the, the weird timing of like we're both kind of putting yeah. out the same video. But I, I have a different take on mine. But um, did you? I don't know if you saw Steve's process. It just um, he shows like what he does every single day, and he's got a schedule, and it's it's pretty intense when you are trying to make as many videos as you can and doing the social media thing and making plans and stuff. It's a it's a pretty busy week. All yeah, fun, all sure. fun. I love every aspect of what I do. It's not all fun. <laughs> well, the bookkeeping and shipping—that's not fun. But everything yeah. else is awesome. Yeah, yeah. You should uh, you should call Steve's video out in yours. You know, if not, if for no other reason than to avoid the comments of "Oh, you're ripping off Steve." You know, you know I mean? that's a good idea, and maybe I should do that. Thanks. And it you know kind of works traffic back and forth between right. people with you know interests and stuff. Yeah. Um. So for me, since we've been back, I've finished up two projects, the two big ones that I talked about on the show last week. Um, the helmet is completely finished. I love it, like, so much, the star- the Shore Trooper helmet. Yeah, that's great. And um, <clears throat> I'm just, I'm so happy with how it ended up. I Like, I was excited about it just because I'm a Star Wars nerd, you know, and I was excited about the fact that it's a Star Wars thing. But what I'm really happy about is like how far it got from th- a 3d printed thing i don't even know how to say that correctly but like when you 3d print something and you look at it and i think we should talk about 3d printing in depth next week because you guys both have printers now and i think it would be a, a that's cool, a good idea you know, go. conversation um but anyway like when you print something and you end up with that thing and it's like generally single color you know, not perfectly smooth, it has print lines in it, you know where it came from and everything, that's one thing. But then when you take it and you layer it and you sand it and you do all the stuff to it and you add all the finishing and then you paint and then you whatever, and by the time you get really far down that road, it doesn't look like a 3D printed thing at all. And in the case of this helmet, I'm just like, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. So anyway, uh, that, and then I finished up the other big crazy thing that I'm not going to talk about yet but it's going to be uh next week and the following week's video it's going to be a two-parter i think so it looks so cool get me i'm excited i'm I'm excited about those and what else have i been doing cleaning up trying to catch up being out of town like messes with my schedule Mm. it's It's a lot of whack i hate going away but i I had a great weekend last weekend so i'm not complaining But it's it's horrible. But I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, it does. I'm like the whole time I'm anxious. I'm like, what am I not doing while I'm busy doing something different? Yeah, it's hard to relax. I'm I'm actually trying to make an effort. I tried this past weekend, trying to make an effort to like take a weekend or weekends as a weekend. You know, because um, my I found that my like. You know, Saturday morning when I'm like watching cartoons with the kids or something, there's part of me that's inside deep going, I, I have a lot to do. I could be doing that instead of watching cartoons with the kids. But like that's jacked up. I don't want to. I don't want to feel that way all the time. And mm, so I'm trying. Yeah, yeah. And like I want to be present where I am. You know, in those moments. And uh, so I'm trying to get myself to not work every day of the weekend and stuff to some degree. But right there, that's another future uh, topic. You know, how to leave work at work, you know, mm. and, and be present. Yeah, that's a good point. Writing that, that one down. down. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, man. I mean, it's, it's super tough. I, yeah, that would definitely be something good to talk about, though. Um, before we get into our topic today, David, you have a couple announcements you want to throw I out do. to people? So, in our store, we are now selling Making It Hoodies. <laughs> So it's getting cold, at least here in this half of the world, and uh, you don't have to be cold. You could wear a Make Something hoodie. And then they look just like the shirts. They're black with a white print, and then they got the white, uh, what do you call those things? The Strings. The strings, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Bob. Yeah, sure thing. Yep. And if you live in my half of the world, where it's 70 degrees outside on December 12th, 
um, uh, we have t-shirts. So we just got ten inches cool. of snow last night. Uh, I drove through it. I missed it. Thankfully, I got. I was like <laughs> the edge of it. And another big announcement. And you guys have been asking for this for a long time. Well, we finally have a making it YouTube channel. <gasps> By the time you hear this podcast, all 100 episodes will be up there, and 99 of them will be audio. But the 100th one will have video, so you can actually watch us and see our faces. So you've probably all listened to that episode already. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all but right. If you wanted to hear it again and see it, it'll be up there. Yeah. I wanted to thank Trustin Timber for giving us some extra footage to throw in there, so I have some things to cut to. Uh, I'm going to pull some footage from Jimmy's video as well. And, <gasps> I was supposed um, to drop I, you some. I just <gasps> forgot. I'm so sorry. Nope. Nope. I'm going to pull it from the video that you put up there. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to do it the illegal way. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason we didn't have that up there before is I just wanted to say, because uh, we wanted everybody to listen to the podcast through a podcast player, which was helping us with our iTunes rankings, which would get us in front of more ears. But we kind of hit that sort of like a plateau of like, we're not moving anymore. And instead of trying to move up in the charts, we should just try to get more ears on us. And so now we have it on SoundCloud and YouTube. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, you said, you know, doing it the illegal way. So I, I think last week, or not last week, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Jimmy getting on the content ID thing because people are stealing his videos mm-hmm. all the time. And I think David and I both had said that that doesn't happen to us too often. Like, it happens <laughs> on occasion, you know? Right. Since then, there somebody completely ripped my channel. Like, there's got to be a script now, I'm sure there is, that somebody can run where it downloads every video with every thumbnail and every title and every description Oh. And then it re-uploads them in order. So I found a channel that is every single one of my videos with all of that metadata, <clears throat> with the correct thumbnails, with my logo as the channel thing, with my name as the channel no name. It's a straight rip. The only thing that's not the same is the uh, cover image. And What is it? Is it an airplane? No. No. It's like a close-up. Is it a of, beach? No, it's a close-up of a vice or something. But... The thing that's the reason I'm bringing this up. I mean, that's going to happen to everybody, you know, to some degree. People are going to copy your videos, but the thing that uh, I'm running into now is I've submitted uh, to to have this channel removed twice through YouTube. My, forever. Somebody I'm working with who has contacts at YouTube is trying to get contact with them. I've um, applied for the content ID, and I've heard zero back from anybody at YouTube, and no change has been made. And this is like a going on a week. I mean, you know, these videos aren't getting a lot of views. There's it has like seven <clears throat> subscribers, but still, you know, I mean, it's like nothing, hmm. no, no action yeah. on their part. I don't know. I told you when I emailed with them, every response was from somebody different, but always the same email. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of annoying and frustrating, and that's why I went, when I went through that, I just said, I'm just going to patiently just try and take it as it comes and see what happens. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's frustrating. No, no doubt about it. But thanks but to the, it, the people that have submitted, you know, people have like sent me the link to it when they found it and said like, "Do you know about this?" And I do know about it. And thank you to those people who made me aware of it. But you know, just pointing out a, a point of frustration because I, I think the thing that's really annoying to me about it and worrisome about it is that it's not just somebody copying a single video and reposting it. This was obviously a a script that was running. Or it'd be a huge amount of work. I don't know why it wouldn't be a script. But that just says to me that this is going to happen more and more and more because it takes less effort for these people to do it. And that's oh, sure. that's a bummer. Mm. So I must have found over 150 videos of mine just ripped all around the internet Dang. since I've had this. And I know this. I know there's lots more, but I you can't go backwards. You can't like say, go find this video. You just have to wait for the filter to find it. Mm. But there's still full channels up with, and I've only been able to take two or three of those videos down. So are you there's still twenty more channels? Are you monetizing them, or are you having them taken down? Uh, a lot of them pop up, and they were load, uploaded the day before they found them. Um, so those I take down right away. If something's got millions of views and is getting a couple hundred or a couple thousand views a day, I'll monetize it. Hmm. If it's uh, just has like a thousand views on some lazy channel, I just I'll have it taken down. And uh, I don't want to say anything, but uh, there was like a, I'm doing 
air quotes, a quasi-reputable company, asked me directly if they could take one of my videos, and I said no, because another client paid very uh, a, a lot of money for that, they, they, and it wouldn't be fair to them for you to just take the video and put it on your channel, because I used two products. I used the product who was paying me, and I used happened to use a piece of their product in the video, and uh, turns out Content ID found, I had a conversation with them. I went back, and I looked through my emails, and I said, can we put it? We'll give you links back to your channel. I said, no. You shouldn't do that. I'd appreciate it if you didn't do that. I said, if you're going to use, you should use my YouTube link anywhere. You're more than welcome to use the YouTube link. I said, great, no problem. And literally the day after we had that conversation and email, they posted my video on their channel. What? And so first I went and took the monetization, but then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I told them not to do that. I don't care what reputation happens between us. So I went back and I just, I, I claimed it. So they'll get a notification that says... This video is content claimed, and so now they'll get a content or, or a, a copyright strike against them. So hmm. they have points on their YouTube license now because of that. Hmm. That's yeah, first that's I gave them a pass, pretty... and then a couple of days later I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? That's not cool because I know they did it to somebody else. Yeah, and that person was upset, and I remembered the conversation I had with somebody else, and I'm like, you know what? Now they just did it to me. They can't get away with this. Yeah, that's not a good way to do business, right there. Yeah. That's a shame. <clears throat> well, anyway, didn't mean to take us off track. Uh, what are we going to talk about? Speaking of a good way to do business, let's talk about ours for a little bit. So we yes. had the Making It 100 event. And my thought is, and hopefully there's an episode around this, where let's uh, talk about what we did, what we could do to make it better for next time, and how to take those improvements and apply it to everyday life. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my, I'm gonna, I'll start this off with saying it was an awesome event, one of the highlights of my career. I, there was a, it, from like noon until whatever it was, eight o'clock, it, there was a different podcast or a presenter with like a 15 minute break in between. And I thought, hey, the next time we do this, this should also be maybe a hands-on event to kind of break up that, like, everybody's sitting, watching a thing, and then everybody gets up to go use the restrooms or get some food or, or water or whatever. And um, so it was a great learning experience. I now know that it takes a lot more effort than I ever thought it would to put an event together like this. And so Jimmy had another idea to do in between mm-hmm. um different uh presenters which i thought was really cool what was it comedy comedy yes yes i just wrote down like are we I just, recording yet i just wrote down like four ideas and i was like can you see my notepad <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no i thought it would be funny to get like a I, and i know a lot of comics and i might be able to get like a you know somewhat reputable comedian i can't get louis ck but if I could find a, a, a comedian to be sort of the uh, MC for the whole day and to be that person that keeps the crowd moving. Because, you know, we had some lulls in the day, but that's just because we were all doing our own thing. So just to get a master of ceremonies that is just like a stand-up comedian that rocks the crowd one way or another hmm. throughout the day. And then to your point, it would be great if we could maybe next year or next time we do this, maybe see if we can get like Lee Nielsen or Lee Valley, anybody who wants to, you know, they'll know they're going to have a crowd of people that are captive. And it's also cool for everyone to talk and discuss, you know, having hand tools there to talk about. So, mm-hmm. you know, some, just like you said, there could be some demonstrations, but these guys could also have the opportunity to sell stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when, whenever you're around Lee Nielsen, I know I can't help from buying a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or, oh, I just, here's something like something hands on where not just a demonstration, but maybe like um, we have a little challenge. Like we bring a popsicle and you have a popsicle challenge or whatever. And so my, I, there's this thing that I've gone to and Bob and you guys went to it last year. Bob's been to a few the ORD camp where um, you have to yeah. be invited to this thing. And I'm not going to explain how it works, but you get there and then they just divide everybody up into groups. And you have no say on what group you're going to go to. And so you're purposely put with strangers so you can interact with them. And I thought... Hmm. What if we did this? Everybody has, everybody gets their name tag, and it has a color on there. And then you have to then group with those people, and then you guys are going to problem solve something. You know, like you you work as as little teams, and it kind of forces everybody to get to know each other. Yeah, yeah, that's great. 
That's really cool. Yeah. I ended up uh, palling around with that guy, Derek, who uh, we kind of bonded on a few topics. And uh, we had a lot of fun. And he, 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 I forced him. I didn't force him. That's a bad choice of words. <laughs> I, I brought him in to introduce him to, to uh, I don't know what I'm thinking. I I'm made him my talking. friend. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, I didn't force you to do anything. No, I, uh, so uh, Derek met Jacob, the guy that runs the, the Artisans Asylum and a few other people. So just like when I held my, my event at my house, it's great to see the fans become friends with each other. It's, it's such a rewarding experience. And at, at our, our meetup, three guys from my tintype class were there, and I was surprised and pleasantly happy to see those guys. So uh, it's just it's nice when you do that sort of thing where, where you, you coerce them to become friends with the color. Building yeah. a community. Yeah and, yeah, and I mean, like I was saying earlier, everybody's there for the same reason. So they, everybody, every person there has something in common, which is really cool. So you put random people in a group together, and you know it's not going to like completely fall flat because they have something to talk about. They have some interest. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about the kind of the schedule, and so we, we kind of, for anybody that doesn't know, this is kind of how this went down. In the background, we split up, um, maybe not really intentionally we just kind of all took different things that we were in charge of and um david's wife kelly was big on like planning a lot of the food and all the hotel and she was awesome um so she did a lot of that uh she and david both did a lot of that anyway i took on kind of trying to come up with a schedule for the day and making sure we knew what everybody was talking about and the order they were going in and all that stuff and i didn't really finalize that stuff until like the night before but I had a lot of people asking a couple of days before, what's the schedule? Because I can only come for a certain part of the day or I can only come for mm. a couple hours or whatever. And so I think one thing I learned from this was to, well, I think this goes back to like working alone. Like we all kind of work in our own bubbles and we don't really have to report to anybody, which is fantastic. But in this case, I should have thought about the fact that there were other people relying on the information that I was trying to figure out in the background, but I wasn't really sharing it out to the people, the attendees. And so I think I learned from that that, you know, when there's other people involved, uh, they just need to be communicated to about kind of the process and what's going on and where things are at so that they, you know, they want to be involved. They want to know what they can see and what they can do. And so I think next time... Uh, just coming up with the schedule, even if it changes, but coming up with the schedule ahead of time and being really like communicative about it to the people who are coming. Yeah, would put be it on good. the Facebook page. Yeah, if Facebook's still around in here. <laughs> yeah, but and just planning in general, you know, having it done, having more of it done ahead of time, further ahead of time, I think would just make the whole thing easier. You know. We, yeah. We were kind of going up to the last minute. I wonder if there's also some sort of like event planner, some person that outside the three of us that we could put in charge and like, yeah, all questions go to them. And then if they, they can then ask us if needed, but they are in charge and they can, they can kind of set everything. Cause it was, um, it was, it was a learning experience. I was like, "Um, I don't know. Let me, let me ask so-and-so. And And we're all trying, trying to just figure out what's going on and trying to figure out how much food to get, which is really tough, which I think we did. Okay. We ran out of water real quick. And yeah. Ke- Kelly warned me it wasn't enough water. I'm like, no, there's, there's water there. And nope, it's not nearly enough. This uh, guy named, I think, Wim, I think he was the one that did it, showed up. He went, he like left the event oh, yeah. and went to the store and came back with cases of water because we needed water. How cool is that? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jimmy, go ahead. I was going to say, maybe we have like a bluegrass trio or something. And I'm oh, sure yeah. amongst the yeah. fans, there's got to be somebody that knows that that could just volunteer to play. Yeah. You know. Give them extra pizza. As far as um, <laughs> asking asking about the uh, event planner, actually, after the event, on the way over to the restaurant, I think that's where it was, or maybe it was at the restaurant, um, a guy gave me a card for his wife, who's an event planner. And he said, mm-hmm. if you do this again next year, she works with all these people, and, these, and she does this thing and that thing, and it was like exactly what we needed. So, yes, <laughs> we will do that next time. Because I, I mean, I, yeah, like, like like you said, we didn't have any idea what we were doing. We were just figuring yeah. it out. Another thing I would want to do different next time is actually charge for tickets, but not charge so we can profit. More so to charge so we can get people that are committed to going. Because we had the we had the limited ticket issue, and I, I think some people wanted to grab a ticket 
in case they were going but i think putting like a five dollar fee on there which would cover some of the costs it's expensive to put on an event but also like to get that the actual commitment yeah and I, you know we tried to do that with uh, we took some donations on the ticket page, but that doesn't really cover what you're talking about, which I think is a, a really good point about you know there's got to be some value to the ticket so that people really consider whether they want it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so while the free thing is really nice, it we did have I think a lot of unfulfilled tickets, like a lot of people that got them and then didn't show up, and then there were a lot of people who couldn't get a ticket that we just said, hey, come on over, we'll let you in, you know, because. We want you to be there. So yeah. Oh man, I just remembered something. I totally forgot. There was a there was a couple of giveaways that we didn't we didn't have the prices there because they were too big, and so I took down their names and addresses. And I'm just uh, this shouldn't even be in the podcast, but I'm thinking, oh crap, I gotta contact Rockler <laughs> to have them send the the prizes to these people. So if you were one of the winners of those giveaways, the delay is me. I totally forgot. I. <laughs> Your prizes are coming. If you're, if you're one of those people, been, tweet at David and bug him about it. Yeah. It's been one week, and I think you're okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, it's like you have a year, like a, a wedding <laughs> present or something. You have a year, so I think we're good. Yeah, <laughs> um, Yeah, I think, like, um, you know, we, we had a good amount of podcasts on or other people on stage. And we kind of just like put it out there for anybody that wanted to do it, and those are the people that responded. And I was super happy with everybody that was a part of it in that way. Um, but I think that's another one of those planning things where maybe we should have, before we like figured out who was going to be a part of it, figured out how much of it there was going to be, you know, mm-hmm. to so that we didn't have longer gaps than we needed to in between. And so maybe that's about defining the event for what it actually is supposed to be before we try to fill it with talent or with people and that want to be involved, you know, cause we easily could have fit in another, another show or another speaker or one of the, the types of things that you're talking about, like the hands-on things or something, mm-hmm. but we didn't really know yeah. that until we got to the schedule kind of put together. So kind of did those out of order. No, it went off. It went off really nicely. I mean, it didn't seem like anybody had anything less than a fun time. So yeah. that was great. Yep. Uh, another thing that I learned while doing this is have somebody send you a photo of what their audio interface is going to be, because <laughs> I did not bring the proper cable, even though oh, yeah. I own a ton of these cables. I did not bring it. Because I did not think for this type of scenario. So I had to take a $20 Uber across town to get a $20 cable. And then another $20 Uber Uber back to the event. So it was like this $60 cable, which I have a ton of already at home. So, And didn't Tim already have one with him? With the he, same one? Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> so the, the funny thing is, like Tim brought... Thank you, Tim Sway, for bringing uh, a bunch of audio gear for us. He had a bag... And he dropped it off, and he was parked where he shouldn't be, so he had to leave. And I didn't feel right going through Tim's bag to see if this cable was in there. I kind of like peeked mm. through the top. I'm like, mm, I don't see it. I better, I better call an Uber. And then he comes back, and he's like, "Dude, look at this." <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. Well, uh, what else did we learn? Anything? Mm. The recording sounded amazing. Everyone's recording was like spot on. I was really happy with the way the audio came out, yeah. Yeah. Sounded great. So I, I was listening in the car last night to uh, a few of our episodes, and I listened to that episode, and then it cuts to like, this typical recording that we all do, and I was like, wow, the quality is much better live with the microphones. Hmm. There's a totally different feel to it. Not that, the, not that this isn't bad, but you know, this is just you could really hear the difference. Yeah. As he as he said that Jimmy's internet cut out and I couldn't even hear every word that he said. <laughs> Always, nothing was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, so, you, would you guys want to do something different next year as far as like our presentation? Would we do another normal podcast and Q and A, or could we come up with something a little bit more creative? No pressure. I think I think we would want to do what we did plus something. Mm. Like it was an entire day of stuff, but. At least I, you know, I felt like I was a spectator for the majority of it until the very end. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be cool to do, you know, like pick a topic for the the show and do our normal show on that topic, but then also have maybe another talk that was about a something or or like a hands on thing, like be a part of that in a different way or something. I don't know, just to 
you know, be more. I, I mean, I always like the Q and A in front of an audience. It's always great because you hit, get hit with a lot of unplanned questions, things you things you haven't been asked before. Mm-hmm. So the idea, like when the guy asks, you know, what, what what shops have you been in that you like, and you know, somebody asked something about our branding, how that developed. You know, so those type of questions where you don't really think of on your own. That's why I like the spontaneity of a live audience being able to ask questions. But yeah. maybe next year we interview somebody or have somebody like as like a, you know, another person to kind of shake up the R three R three way conversation. I like that. Hmm. I like that. I uh, also yeah, thought, not not necessarily interviewing them, but having them in as a as a, as a fourth host. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like what we did with Mike, where um, Mike Sinise. I I always forget how to pronounce his. I last think it's Sinise. I think is actually where he did the moderation and he asked those questions and also took in Mm -hmm. um, audience questions. Another thing is I want to get into more public speaking on my end by myself. So I, you know, maybe next year I will volunteer to to do a talk because I'm actually doing my first solo appearance for the Maker Fair Dayton Mini Maker Fair next summer. So. Uh, that's something I want to get oh, cool. more into. Yeah. Doing your like have, ribbon, ribbon dancing performance—is that the thing you're finally? Yeah, I didn't want to give it away, but you know, <laughs> oh, cats out I'm of sorry. the bag. Yeah. <laughs> I have a conversation with the a librarians association January 25th. That's why I won't be able to make Ord Camp. January 25th, I'm doing a a, a conversation on keeping it playful hmm. into the old age, staying playful as an adult in the design world. So. I have to write that up. All I have right now is a title. <laughs> if it's like with librarians, are you gonna have to be really quiet the whole time? Are you gonna have to like whisper the whole talk? I'm gonna I'm gonna whisper the entire talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna actually whisper it into everyone's ear one at a time. They're gonna. <laughs> it's gonna take a really long time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird. It's it's something something of librarians, and then it's funny. I, I was telling Ben Ueda, and he goes, "Oh, my sister was a librarian." She's like, "Oh yeah, I was a librarian for five years." I'm like, "What the hell is a librarian?" That's kind of weird. But, <laughs> well, there have to be librarians. There has to be somebody in course. all those jobs. No, but you know, you always think it's like, "Hey, just stand at that desk for a couple hours and don't let anybody talk loud." But apparently, there's a lot more to it. It's you know, knowing the organization of the place and. You know, what's hot news in the library world? All that stuff. Yeah. Hot news in the library world. I'm going to write that down for a title. <laughs> um, it's actually interesting. That's an interesting thing. It would be cool to talk to them, actually, about what, what has changed about their job. Because I know a lot of libraries, public and private both, are now becoming makerspaces. And so it would be interesting yeah. to see how those people, like, whether that's good for them or bad for them or you know what they've had I know, actually I have a good friend who um is in Alabama and he works in the media lab at a college and so he's in charge of a lot of the computers and a lot of the iPads and stuff like that and then his girlfriend is uh has done a bunch of librarian stuff and so between the two of them they have a lot of experience with like the librarian history of that that historical job plus adding 3D printers and iPads and all this stuff to the mix and how that's all managed together. But that'd be interesting to hear about what's changed there. Anyway. It'd be interesting to me. Maybe it's not that interesting. I don't know. When I was a kid, we went to the library and I saw a tarantula for the very first time. <laughs> in a book or in the library? No, there was a library. They had like a, like a reptilian teacher or a reptilian trainer, whatever the hell you would call them. And he had a, a tarantula in a little plastic box and lizards. And Sorry, I'm just picturing a teacher who's part lizard. He's a reptilian. <laughs> He's a reptilian. <laughs> He's a you remember that show V? Is that the right word? Yes. <laughs> he was a, a reptilogist, and he showed us he showed us a tarantula, and he let it walk on my arm, and that was my first memory of my library. Nice. Um, cool. Well, back to our topic. Uh, uh, I, I just wanted to point out real quick. I remember I grew up in a tiny little town called Elmore, and that library uh, kind of had like a little makerspace. It, I remember it having really? sewing patterns that you could you could take home to you know make clothes. I remember my mom going to the library and getting and getting patterns. And then there's all these like there's there was a play area too where you had the cardboard building. Hmm blocks and everything and and so i think they've always kind of had this little maker space 
but now it's just the technology is getting involved. That's interesting. I don't remember anything like that. I mean, I didn't spend a lot of time in libraries you know, at the school I did, but as the public libraries, but I don't mm-hmm. remember anything like that in ours. Hmm. Hmm. Crazy. Well, um, any other thoughts on like what we learned? I think uh, another thing that we could also have next uh, next year is have people maybe bring if if it's logistically okay bring some of the things that they're proud of you know show and tell even if the very least maybe pictures we could do like a since we had the video screen we could do a a series of pictures and then that person could stand up and discuss that probably would be easier because then you could bring in like real big things as long as it's a digital we could do a a digital uh, collage and just have hey whose is this in between what is it what did you make how did you make it you know so we could do a Q&A with the fans of individual fans that's really cool that's a, that's that's a, a way to get idea. everybody involved yeah hmm very cool but I think the point of this is not to brainstorm on the air for what we want to do next time but to show that you can dive into something new and then learn from it to improve upon it for next time and this could this could be your job. This could be your hobby or, or, or whatever. And uh, it's – we knew nothing about event planning. You know, mm. it, it goes back to our episode of getting started. We just did it and we learned from it. And it was okay. Nothing went, nothing yeah. went terribly wrong. And I think it's important to be willing to let things evolve. Like we didn't – this originally literally was supposed to be the three of us getting together somewhere to record at like at a table together without anybody else. And as people asked questions about it and we just started talking about it, it turned into a bigger thing. And I think, you know, being open to like letting it evolve and letting it become something bigger was really fantastic. And we learned a lot from, I don't want to say being forced into that, but being pushed into like, okay, well, how big could this be, this first one? Or what could it be? I think that's a good thing because I know that I will plan out what a project or plan out an idea and I get fixated on like getting that thing done, and occasionally I won't let myself like change directions or let it expand past my vision. You know, I just want to like just focus on getting that completed. So, yeah, I had a, I remember a couple of years ago I went to an event for a liquor a liquor event at a a big concert in the South. It was a Charlie Daniels concert in Alabama, and one thing that was great about the event was that anybody that hashtagged, I think it was called Rock the South, anybody that had that hashtag in their Instagram feed that day, there was a huge screen and it was just cycling through everybody. So we te- we were joking around with each other. We were testing that. And and the pictures we took within a few minutes would be up on this huge screen. Huh. And so maybe that's another interesting way to... It reminded me of like being able to cycle through people's work photos. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Like a big hashtag screen. I don't know if that's worthy of the idea. Maybe that might be too big of an idea for that. Well, I mean, but regardless of the specifics, the idea of getting people involved, I think, is really good. Mm-hmm. Finding a way to to make it yeah. active, not just from the people on stage, but active from the people who are in the seats as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Well, um, unless you have anything else on that, you want to talk about what we've been watching? Have you been watching anything new since we got back? I was going to just say, uh, I, re- I was listening to the podcast last night, and I realized I was complaining about having problems on Fusion. Remember that a couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Not being able to bring my file into the computer. Yeah. And I actually heard back from some of the people, and they said, it could be a thumb drive. And I don't know if I talked about that on the air yet, but yeah. it turns out it was my thumb drive. Oh. So yesterday, I was able, actually able to take the file from my computer, bring it to the, to the pilot computer, which runs the Tormac, and download the file. So a stupid thing like that actually was the problem. So in case anybody's waiting patiently for that answer, <laughs> the bad thumb drive. And the first thing that you made says Duresta. Yeah, because I was intentionally, because I was hoping to, this was a couple of weeks ago when I was trying to finish a series of ice picks. And I was like, oh, let me see if I could do a setup where I could engrave the ice picks on this machine. And that's, that was the engraving. It's really tiny little. It's like the size of where it says Ticonderoga on the side of your pencil. That's how small it is. <laughs> and uh, so, that's, so I followed through with that final, finally getting that cut. So what have I been watching? I'm going to go a little left field today because I've made a conscious decision the other day to listen to less podcasts and listen to less mindset books and get more back into 
movies and music and although the mindset stuff and all these podcasts that I listen to are, are, are great I, I I need I need creative inspiration I need to hear and, and see other things and so um, I I'm listening to more music now and I'm and I just started this new series on Netflix that's called hip-hop evolution it's a four-part series on where hip-hop came from and it's it's really well done and it's it's really good and it's just it's, it's just cool to see all that old footage and the interviews in there just like I just I love seeing that because it's the birth of a new genre of music how many times are we gonna have that in our lives you know hmm. that was amazing I went to uh, that reminds me of a, an event that Taylor's girlfriend was involved in and we went up to Harlem about two years ago, it was the 40th anniversary of Africa Bombada, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the the Nubian I think it was called the the Nubian Nation or something. It's like a Africa Bombada started this thing, and they were like hip hop legends just hanging around, and they're <laughs> all like my age or a couple years older than me. I met the grand the Grand Wizard Theodore, the first guy to scratch a record ever. <laughs> He's like hanging around, and the guys from KRS One and uh, guys from Channel Live. I actually met. Uh, one of the guys from Channel Live, and we made friends on Twitter, all performing live. That's so cool. Uh, uh, Grandmaster Kaz, who came up with the Sugar Hill Gang. Actually, the whole entire lyric from the Sugar Hill Gang was stolen from him. Yes. They talk about um, that in the, crazy. In, the, in, the, in the documentary, yeah. He was there that night. I shook his hand. It was. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, like, <laughs> like, I'm just some dumb white kid from Long Island, but I know who all these guys are because the friends I grew up with all know them, and... It was it was it was such an amazing night. Tales like, oh, let's go to this thing. It's like a fundraiser, and, and it was one of the most fun nights we've ever had up in the city. Last night, Taylor made me sit down and watch Man About Cake, and I really enjoyed it. And I just give you guys the link. This guy makes cakes. He's got a young channel, but he apparently is very talented, and he's been he's pretty prolific. He seems like a very bubbly TV personality, and he's been on other channels. But I think this is his first channel that he has independently on his own, and he makes custom cakes. He makes these incredible flowers and all kinds of stuff out of icing and I was watching and I'm like how he made that flower now how can you pick that flower up and stick it on the cake and Taylor goes watch he's going to explain you take the flower you make it on like a little doily thing that you don't have to touch it you put it in the freezer and then if, then you can handle it and then you stick it on the cake mm. and then when it becomes room temperature again you can't touch it unless you're going to swipe your finger through it to eat it so pretty incredible mm. there's some techniques that just watching like how, how, the, how do cakes get made and I know this these shows have been so popular but Without all that extra unnecessary storyline, the guy's just showing you how to make a cake. And you could focus on the craft and not about the personalities in the shop. You know, all the, that cake stuff that, that was very popular on TV for the last few years. So I actually paid attention for the first time ever on how a cake was made. About hmm. <laughs> cake. Nice. Um, so mine is something I'm, I'm excited about, but I actually haven't watched it yet. And I'm sure that probably everybody who listens to the show has also heard about it already. But the White Rabbit Project, you familiar with this? No. Oh, well, all right. Let me educate you. So uh, <laughs> Mythbusters, everybody knows Mythbusters. The three kind of like second wave Mythbusters, Grant, Corey, and... Uh, oh, Carrie. Carrie, yeah. Carrie. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You know those three. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, they left Mythbusters like a couple seasons before it ended. And now they have a new show on Netflix that I think just started a couple days ago. And it looks from the trailer very much like Mythbusters in that they're trying to test things and prove things. But, like, I I really like the three personalities between the three of them. And uh, it looks like just a little different take on kind of a similar thing. And Mm -hmm. it's just them. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited about it because I like them and glad to see that they're continuing on and getting work doing what they're really good at you know but so that's on netflix called the white rabbit project check that out hopefully cool. it's good because i haven't it seen it, yet. Heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> but cool well um before we go i want to thank our patreon supporters uh, especially because you know like in boston the pizza that we had the snacks that we had all that stuff was paid for by the people who support us on patreon <laughs> So that's pretty amazing. Thank you guys. Um, especially our our top uh, contributors there, Luis Gonzalez and Make Build Modify. But everybody who helped us out over there who does, you helped feed people while we were in Boston. That's awesome. Good for you. Uh, okay, so if you, you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it. And 
Also, we have, like David said before, we have hoodies. We have T-shirts now, if you want to get one of those. Christmas is right around the corner, so, you know, wink, wink. It's like 10 days away. Can you believe is it? Is it really? Yeah, well, No. Kind of. Like 11, 12, maybe? Oh, man. <laughs> it's more 13? than 13? But it's, yeah, getting close. Well, by the time this airs, it'll be uh, like yeah. six days away. There's yeah. math. I didn't know there was going to be math involved. Oh, man. Christmas is here already? <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> People just Damn. giving me gifts. So many th- I That's just get the so spirit, many things Jimmy. to do. I have so many things to do between now and Christmas Day. Jimmy, we're going to work oh. on your schedule for 2017. We're going to thin it out a little bit. Yeah, good luck with that. You know, a lot of people ask, this is just a little side note, a lot of people ask if I figured out my calendar problem. Mm. And I pushed a button somewhere in a setting somewhere, and I guess when I re-upgraded my software on my iPhone, it went away again, and I can't figure out. Maybe that button that I did upgrade it. So when I open my calendar, I don't even know if I have the time to be able to do it right now. I don't want to hold everybody up because we're ending. But let me see. When I open my calendar and I pick click today to make an event. Let's see. Let me make a new event. It doesn't give me the day that we're on. Like, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to hit plus. And uh, <laughs> right now, for some, I'm going to show you guys. Look at the date that it's, I'm supposed to start my event. <laughs> oh, weird. November 19th. November 19th. 2015. Wow. That, huh. Now, that's not today, right? It's not November 19th? No. Right. That is not today. So I don't, I don't, and I tell Siri, Siri, remind me to join this group call with my agents. And she didn't remind me. And I got a message like, hey, you're going to be in on this group call? I'm like, oh, man. And I got to go, I have no luck trying to keep the phone helping me get organized. Yeah, Sorry. that's that's a bummer. I mean, that definitely is not helpful. I don't know. Maybe we should get Jimmy a new phone for Christmas. <laughs> Anyway. I welded near it the other day. Can you guys see the screen? Oh, Not only is it wow. cracked, it's completely pockmarked. Oh, I can't nice. really see it, but I can feel it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope I you have a wonderful Christmas back. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that's it for this week, and uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Thank you, everybody. Love you.